Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Another very, very full show from Just Shoot Me. No, not David Spade. Uh, (laughs) You know who played Nina Van Horn? Wendy Malick. She joins us today. She is a big-time animal lover. And uh, she's actually presenting at the Genesis Awards, which happened, but they're going to be on TV. All the details today. Also, it's that time of year when your pet is shedding like crazy. I know they are here at the studios. Oh, there's hair all over. Why not make something out of all that hair? Yeah, next time you brush your cat or dog, save the hair. What a great idea. For a sweater, maybe? Wintertime? Details on the way. Also, sad news to report from Reading, Pennsylvania this week. Uh, There have been several pit bull attacks, and that combined with the Michael Vick case has brought the pit bull... Uh, to the forefront recently. Uh, that's not good. I think to, I like to think of myself as fairly well informed as far as uh, as animals go, at least, because mm-hmm. it's my job. Uh, but I didn't know until recently that in 1989, the Denver City Council enacted an ordinance making it unlawful to own, possess, keep, exercise control over, maintain, harbor, transport, or sell within the city any pit bull. And uh, that was, of course, defined by Denver as any dog that is an American pit bull terrier. Back in 1989? That was 1989. I don't know if that's been overturned or not. I'm going to find out in just a second. We have on the phone with us author of The Pit Bull Placebo, The Media, Myths, and Politics of Canine Aggression. This is, to me, the only comprehensive writings on the subject. We're happy to have author Karen DeLise on the phone with us. How are you doing? Pretty good, thank you. This is a, a topic that's really just starting to come to light in the mid-core media. Is this Denver Act still on the books? Absolutely. So anywhere in Denver you can't have a pit bull, is what you're saying? Nope, not at all. Okay, <laughs> well, this is very strange. Now, I've always thought it has nothing to do with the breed. It has all, everything to do with the owner or the guardian that's raising the animal. Well, the book is about how... Um Certain breeds of dogs have acquired certain reputations over the last uh, century and a half. And the role that uh, the media and rumors um, have played in these reputations, and more recently the role that politicians have played in dogs acquiring these ferocious um, reputations. These reputations are fairly undeserved. Well, yeah, because, um, you know, each uh, generation or so it's, it's another breed of dog. And um, so, and they, it's, there's this image that we like to have of, of the super predator, and it, it's fed into by many different means. Um, it's fed into by the media, by the portrayal of dogs as vicious, by certain people acquiring them because they buy into this uh, image, and then of course what they do is um, they they want their dogs to behave this way. So they um, encourage this behavior. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they could do this with a chihuahua if they wanted to, right? Absolutely. You can do it. You know, all dogs are predators. Um, they're all descended from the wolf, a direct descendant from the wolf. Um, and, you know, there's this perception that, you know, there's this huge difference in breeds and that pit bulls are uniquely different from other breeds of dogs, which is the basis for all these breed bands, which, of course... Um, dog people know that that that's not true, mm. but um, you know the public uh, buys into this when they're constantly assaulted w- with these pit bull stories, and when the politicians are out there 
and they're constantly saying these um, outrageous things about pit bull behavior. Um, and they're not qualified to speak of it, but that doesn't usually stop them. And so this image is created, and um, it becomes conventional wisdom that really isn't wisdom, because it's only based on rumors and so myths. The actual breed ban itself perpetrates the, the, the false rumor. Absolutely, absolutely, because now you go, wow, you know, um, even some experts say, well, look, you know, all these cities are banning them. There has to be a reason. Mm -hmm. um, there has to be a reason why a city would ban a breed of dog. And But when you actually look at the data that they used or that the claims that they made, um, it's, it's outrageous. It's just people who don't understand canine behavior reading the newspapers and interpreting it as being a behavior exclusive to pit bulls. And they usually use media, uh, the newspapers, to back up their claims that, see, this dog is dangerous. Look at all the articles in the newspaper. And um, it's, it's really, when you look into how these breed bans are passed, it's really very scary. Um, it's very um, disconcerting to see that laws can be passed on, on rumors. Mm -hmm. Sure, and I'm sure politics, but... I think that it would be safe to say that uh, 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 you wouldn't outlaw Smith & Wesson guns but allow every other gun uh, just because Smith & Wesson is uh, used more, used to more often. Yeah. Right. What, what is the list you're looking at there in the book, Judy? I'm looking in the back of the book, and you have a list of dog attacks that were reported in the U.S. newspapers from 1960 to 1975. And just glancing through those pages of it, I see the majority being German shepherds. Yeah, that's and I don't what I really, thought. I don't I, see any pit bulls I'm in this from list a different at generation. All. It seems like the German shepherd was the dog during my early young teen days. The Dobermans, I think, were at one time. So, and they, so they go through a different kind of a transition through the generations. What's happening there? Yeah, there's cycles. Um, you know, this is the, the pit bull is the sad breed today. It's a sad, bad dog. You know, 30 years ago, it was the German Shepherd and the Doberman and the Great Dane. And prior to that, um, back in the 1800s, it was the Bloodhound. It took, it took decades for the Bloodhound to lose its ferocious reputation. Um, and it took the German Shepherd. The German Shepherd is a little kind of um, unique case because um, they, Rin Tin Tin, which I go into in the book, had a meteor kind of turned around the image of the German mm -hmm. Shepherd because they were used in positive functions, meaning a search and rescue, police work, the military, and of course, Rin Tin Tin. And Buddy, the first C&I dog, was a German Shepherd. So um, that really helped the German Shepherd steer away from becoming um, this vicious super predator that the pit bull is now viewed as today. And, and that's, that's what the book is about, how the media sometimes can twist or turn, uh, you know, perceptions about breed viciousness by what they choose to print and what they choose to advertise or who their, who their canine heroes are at the moment. The book is called The Pitbull Placebo, The Media Myths and Politics of Canine Aggression. The author, Karen DeLise. Can you get this just uh, at any bookstore, I would imagine? No, actually, oh, okay. it, was, yeah, it was just released uh, about three weeks ago, so right now it's on Amazon. Uh, .com, okay. or you can get it on my website, which is uh, www.fatalldogattacks.com. And we'll put links to those uh, at animalradio.com, of course. Uh, the Pitbull Placebo. I have 10 copies to give away right now, one 405 8405 If there's one message, Karen, that you can leave our listeners with other than pick up my book. Um, a dog is a dog. Um, and, you know, the owner decides what they're going to be. If they're going to be a companion animal, a guard dog, 
um, a danger to the community. Uh, the owner decides. He picks what dog, uh, what breed he chooses, and then he also decides uh, what the function of that dog will be. And we have to remember that. Great words. Great yes. words. Karen DeLees joining us on Animal Radio. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. We encourage your comments, 1-866-405-8405. Or if you just have a question about your pet. In fact, we'll go to the phones in just a, just a couple of seconds here. I want to remind you, Just Shoot Me's Wendy Malik joining us in just a couple of minutes. Which line should we go to, Judy? Let's go to two. Hi, Animal Radio. Who's this? Hi, it's Sonia. Hi, Hi Sonia. Hi, how are you? Very Good. well. You have a question for us. I do indeed. I just was curious to know. How Where are you, you calling from? Are you calling oh. from England? Well, I'm, I'm actually calling from um, from America. From America. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you live here in America? Yes, I do. Okay, where? In Virginia. In Virginia. Where in Virginia? In Charlottesville. I understand there's a very good school there. There is? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you don't go to college. I, oh, you mean UVA? Yes, University. Yes. I'm sorry. I thought you just meant local schools. <laughs> no, yes, there is. <laughs> okay, now that we got that cleared up, what? now what's your problem? You have a dog, right? Well, I have a dog, but I have a question about um, cats coming into my yard and digging up the garden and Good. whatnot. How, how do you deal with that? Not a lot you can do. Unfortunately, I wish people wouldn't let their cats roam free. Yeah, I think they do in this neighborhood all the time. Yeah, it's it's not good for the cats. I don't think people should do that. But use just regular cayenne pepper. Oh, okay. And, well, you can put that around your garden if you want to keep them out of your garden. Like the rose bushes and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, that or even citrus peels. Save your citrus peels and put it around the garden and stuff, and that will help keep it out. Oh, and okay. You know, I know most cats get on cars, too, because when you come home, your car's nice and warm, and the cat curls up on it. There's not a lot to do about keeping them off your car unless you keep it covered. Unfortunately, if people are not taking care of their cats and keeping them, you know, under control, then... Well, it's probably pretty commonplace there in Virginia, huh? Pardon? This, this is probably pretty commonplace there in Virginia, huh? People what, letting their cats just roam around. Oh, they do. Cats and dogs. A lot of, do you have a big problem, a stray problem? A lot we of can't. stray animals? No, we don't. I haven't yeah. seen any that look like they're strays. They all belong somewhere, have little tags on them. Uh-huh. People are just letting them, letting them loose and come in and out and stuff. That's just that's not good for the cats, especially if you're out in a rural area. There's so many other dangers out there for them. I know, like uh-huh. all the... Foxes. Do you have foxes in your area? I don't know. That's the first thing that came into my head. <laughs> okay. Okay. That well, was my question. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for having me. Hold on. Hold on, on one second. Oops. Oh wait. Who's that? Is That's there... my talking dog. What's your dog's name? Cabo. Boy or girl? Boy. Boy. Okay, Cabo. We'll load Cabo down with a doggy package. Oh, thank you. He gets a lot of those these days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on a second. one 405 It's Animal Radio. We'll be back with more. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. In this sometimes.
sometimes stressful world, what could be more calming than playing puppies? Nothing according to Lisa Brady and her husband, who came up with the idea for a website that carried nothing but playing puppies. They created playing-puppies.com, a free website created to give stressed out people a little break from their busy days from the joy of watching puppies play. There are new videos of playing puppies and some adult dogs every day, and you can send in your own puppy videos. Brady says, if by watching our videos, one person each day laughs out loud when they need it the most, then playing-puppies.com has served its purpose. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. If there's one thing that Fido loves, it's a ride in the car during your errands. While riding in the car may be fun for them, it can be dangerous if your pooch isn't safely secured. For a safe and easy way to buckle up your furry friends, check out Kurgo's line of innovative products, which are convenient for owners and secure for pets. Available at select vet smart and local vet stores or visit www.kurgo.com. That's www.kurgo.com to find your local local dealer. Animal Radio is brought to you by Get Serious, a stain and pheromone remover so easy to use, even men can do it. Hey, hey wait a minute. <laughs> Don't take any more excuses, women. It's time to get serious. Get Serious is available at PetSmart and online at GetSeriousProducts.com. Whether your pet is traveling by plane, train, or auto, you want to keep their carrier dry. The amazing Tri-Fur Cushion Mat is designed to do just that. Tri-Fur's super-absorbent pad absorbs and locks wetness away in seconds. The insulated, rigid core provides stability to the carrier without bunching up. Tri-Fur comes in a variety of sizes to fit all carriers and is completely disposable. Your pet will arrive with Tri-Fur. We guarantee it. To learn more, visit www.trifur.com. Did you see the paper? They mentioned cloning animals for food. Seriously? I thought cloning was still pretty experimental. It is. Most of the animals die or are born with some sort of health defect. So why is the FDA going to approve it? I don't know. It's upsetting that the FDA seems to be ignoring scientific evidence that animals in cloning suffer. And the FDA says that it won't even label cloned foods. That's outrageous. Yeah, and we could be eating meat or drinking milk from cloned animals and not even know it. Is there anything we can do to stop this? You can. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society at www.endanimalcloning.org to learn more about the problems with animal cloning and to help keep cloned food off grocery store shelves. Cloning animals for food is not just about food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues have been ignored for too long and must be considered. To learn more, visit www.endanimalcloning.org. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Hey, you know anyone who has owned a pet can tell you nothing is more frustrating than their pet soiling in the house. Often they do this in one spot, over and over and over again. There's a reason why your pets do this. Pets are attracted to their own unique body scent, which is known as their pheromone. And that pheromone is always left behind in every soiling. Therefore, it's natural for your pet to follow his keen sense of smell and go back to it. So the question is, how do we get the pheromone out so our pet 
stop resoiling in the house? Well, the good news is there's finally an answer. It's Get Serious Stain, Odor, and Pheromone Extractor. Get Serious is the only stain and odor remover with the ability to remove your pet's pheromone while also getting out the urine odor and any stain. Stop blaming your pets for resoiling when you used a cleaner that didn't get the pheromone out. And don't spend another minute cleaning up unnecessary repeat accidents. Pick up Get Serious today at PetSmart or visit PetSmart.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Hi, Victoria. Hi, Raquel. Yes, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Especially excited to speak to you because every day I take my... uh one of my calicos out outside. I have to take her outside. <laughs> this is how hairy she is. And I brush her, and the hair goes flying everywhere. I try to collect as much as I can. And every day, of course, I end up throwing it away. And I'm saying, oh, this great fur, this great, wonderful calico fur going to waste. And then here I am. What was it? Uh, Jay Leno. We were uh-huh. watching or something like that. Yes, it was Leno. What you do is take the fur from your pets and make it into, what, a yarn? Right. We make it into a nat- natural yarn that's 100% your pet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to ask you, how did this all start? Tell me from the very beginning. Well, the very beginning was I received a chow puppy from my husband for our anniversary. And I would brush her. And basically like your cat, um, whenever I brushed her, the, the fiber was just so beautiful that came out in the brush I couldn't bear to throw it away so I started storing it in a shoebox mm-hmm. and my husband says what are you doing and I said I just I can't throw this away I'm going to learn to spin and I'm going to make a boo-boo sweater <laughs> so the next day he went out and he bought me a spinning wheel and that is exactly how it started from that day forward and was that your first uh, first time on a spinning wheel that was yes yeah, seven years ago since then you've uh I guess you probably made all kinds of clothing. Oh, yes, yes. We don't recommend canine fiber for sweaters. As I found out, it's 80% warmer than wool, so it's like wearing an electric blanket. Wow. Yeah, but I have a beautiful cardigan that when I go back home to New York, I wear it as a winter coat. People would say I'm allergic to my pet or, you know, my cat or my dog. I couldn't wear or have something around me. What do you do to the wool or to the, to the fur? We actually have a patented washing process that I have developed over the years, and it actually removes the enzymes that cause the odors and allergies. People, very, very few people are actually allergic to the fiber that we sell. Uh-huh. Um, pet fiber, all mammal fiber, fiber is made of keratin. It's the same as your hair. Um, the hair on a woolly mammoth. I mean, it's all the exact same construction. It's just different diameters. So some people will maybe feel that their yarn is a little bit scratchy. Maybe they have very, very sensitive skin. Um, I have some beautiful Samoyed items made uh, from a puppy coat, which is very, very fine. And I take it to shows, and you'll have some people go, oh, my God, that'll put cashmere to shame. <laughs> and then you have other people go, oh, that's scratchy. <laughs> Hmm. So, you know, it, it's a personal choice. It's a personal preference. Not all the yarn is suitable for garments that you would wear, um, but it's a wonderful keepsake. You can make, you know, wall clocks, wall hangings, pillows, um, pettable frames, wonderful ways of keeping your pet in petting distance. 
I love it. I love it. Now, if uh, if we make clothing, are you able to wash it, or is this something you just don't want yeah. to do? Yeah. All of our yarn comes with a little care flyer that gives you suggestions as far as um, how to work with it, if you're going to work with it yourself, and it comes with washing instructions. We always recommend professional dry cleaning. That's what I do with my items. Um, but it can be hand-washed just like you would a cashmere sweater. Okay, now you make the yarn. You don't actually make any clothes. Ah, uh, well, yes, we do. We don't you make do. fitted garments. You don't make fitted garments? No, we have a whole line of what we call forever keepsakes. Uh, you can get anything from a pettable picture frame, a Christmas tree ornament, scarves, hats, mittens, um, blankets, shawls, you know, kind of one-size-fit-all type things. Do they shed? The, the item itself? Yes. That will all depend upon the fiber itself. If it's undercoat, uh, what happens is there's always an initial shedding period with any hand-spun yarn, and it's just the loose fibers falling out. If it's made, if the yarn is spun from an undercoat of a very fine dog or cat, um, what will happen is that the yarn or the finished piece will develop this beautiful halo which is kind of like uh, mohair. So it looks very fuzzy and fluffy, and the halo does not shed after it comes into full bloom. What's the strangest fur you've been requested to make yarn out of? We are very proud to say that we have actually spun Bengal tiger. Wow. It was a lady's, it is, his name is Tristan. Um, it's her pet, and she brushes them every day, and she sent it to us, and we spun it into yarn for her. How much do you charge for something like this? The basic charge is $9 per ounce, and that's for sport weight yarn. Um, that includes everything. That includes the carding, the, the preparing the fiber, the spinning, the two-ply, the washing, the removal of the enzymes. What you get back is ready to knit and wear. How much fur would it take to make an average pillow? Uh, an average 14-inch pillow is about 10 ounces, 10 to 14. And of course, it depends whether you are knitting, weaving, or crocheting. Uh, general rule of thumb that we have found over the years is that one ounce of fiber will give you approximately 27 yards of beautiful yarn. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool. What is your website if people want to get on this? They can reach us at www.vip. Fibers.com or on our toll free line 866 Pet Yarn. I would imagine that if I uh, made a pillow out of one of my cat's hair, that uh, uh, the other cats would attack it and tear it. You know, it's surprising. Um, we get a lot of results. Now, basically, if the other cats don't like your one cat, they will attack it. <laughs> Regardless of what we do, the animals still can pick up the scent of the natural fiber. Sure. Sure. So if they like the pet, then 10 to 1, you're going to be fighting with them for that pillow because they're going to want it for themselves. So you're going to say, well, that's fluffy. That's, he's supposed to be with me. So if I have cats that are always on my bed, I can get something made out of dog hair and cover my bed, and they'll stay away. <laughs> if they don't like dogs. Now, we're always talking about great jobs in the animal world. I see on your website that you have a fiber primer position open. <laughs> yes, we do. What's a fiber primer? A fiber primer is the person that takes the raw fiber when it comes in, which is basically right off the animal, and they cart it, which is a process of basically combing the fibers, lining them all up in the same direction. Uh, it makes for well-balanced, even yarn. 
Here's an interesting new gig in the animal there world, the fiber primer. Uh, check it out. The website is www.vipfibers.com. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show on animalradio.com. Victoria, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Hold on one second, will you? Sure. Coming up next from Just Shoot Me, Nina Van Horn, Wendy Malik joins us right here on Animal Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Coming up, more on the Michael Vick indictment. Of course, your comments at one 405 Right now, our next special guest from TV's Just Shoot Me. She plays Nina Van Horn and Wendy Malik. Hi, Wendy. Hey, how are you? Very you well. Yes, it is. Nice to meet you. You're, you're backstage. What are you doing? You're working now? Actually, I, it's my day off. Monday is the theater day off. Ooh. And I'm up in uh, Williamstown at the, at the theater festival. I'm actually in Vermont at the moment. Just in the rain. We're looking at beautiful little countryside and stopping in at antique stores and... Just having a nice wet day. How that sounds fun. luxurious. <laughs> you know what? Living in L.A., it's a wonderful thing. Well, I wanted to get you on the phone because I understand that uh, there's going to be a television showing of the Genesis Awards, which, of course, happened in March, but the American Live TV Network has picked it up, and they're going to be playing it several times. Right, right. I'm so glad they're doing that. Gretchen Weiler has created a pretty spectacular thing in the Genesis Awards. She, she was one of my heroines. She and Jane Goodall, I think, are two of the coolest women and mentors of mine. And Gretchen sort of made an Academy Awards for people who bring to light some of the animal abuses and, and also some of the strides that are being made in that community, but, but um, really really celebrating the unsung heroes out there. And she got a lot of like-minded celebrities to become activists in, in the process. Well, yeah, I see the list, uh, especially with the Genesis Awards that just took place. Uh, Bill Mayer, uh, our friend, Amy Smart, uh, James mm-hmm. Cromwell, all a part exactly. of this. Exactly. Now, did you, pre- yeah. did you present an award at this? I present every year, and I co-hosted it one year with David Hyde Pierce. Um, but I've been a presenter every year. Yeah, I, it's, uh, it's something I do not miss and would not miss. Um, animals are, as I always tell people, most of my best friends have been dogs. <laughs> and horses, and now a cat, uh, and I think that they just make us far better beings to be in the company of animals. There's so much to be learned from them, and it it helps us by being humane, helps us all with our own humanity. So, I think the way we treat animals is a great mirror to how we're treating each other, and uh, and always should be. You say a cat now, uh, so are you a dog person, cat person, both? Always now, I was. No, I grew up. Uh, my older sister was a collie named Bonnie, uh-huh. and uh, and she was my best best friend and my parents could leave me for hours in the yard with this dog who really was like Lassie and we never had cats as kids so I was always a little spooked by them I didn't quite get them and I do speak dog um, I'm very conversant in dog but did sure. not have uh, the cat vocabulary uh-huh. we were given a cat years ago uh, friends who had to leave their home and go to New York gave us uh, a cat for the summer when I was living in California and Lo and behold, I started speaking cat. I started to learn it, and we now have one of the coolest cats. Even people who don't like cats love Woody, this 17-year-old remarkable scruff of a cat that we have. Um, <laughs> he, he defies the odds. He lives out in the Santa Monica Mountains, 
and has somehow survived coyotes and hawks and rattlesnakes and and various creatures and uh, is an outdoor cat. I mean, wow. he comes and goes as he pleases. He's white with ginger spots, and there's no reason why he should still be around, but he is. Can you touch him? Absolutely. He sleeps next to me, but then goes out prowls at night and usually brings back like the foot of a mouse oh. <laughs> a Just to bleed show you. or something as an offering but we haven't had any any mouse problems <laughs> there is that <laughs> well you know I wanted to tell you about Kyle Orent probably about nine years old now he should be about, about nine, nine years. last summer he sold lemonade to the tune of twenty thousand dollars Oh, I did hear about this kid. Yeah, and uh, he gave it all to Canine Companions for Independence. Yes, that's brilliant. I heard about this kid. That is absolutely wonderful. In fact, I think, we did we do something about him and at the Genesis Awards? I'm not sure, but I, either, either that or I read something about this kid. I, I asked him, what do you want to do next? And he said, I'm going to get collars, dog collars signed by celebrities and then auction them off on an eBay charity auction. That for, is great. Can that's we send you some idea. collars? Absolutely. Okay. It can be it's sort of like the clothes off their back. You know, we do this after the Emmys and the Oscars now. Jane Kazmarek and Brad Whitford came up with this great idea. We never wear the same dress twice that you wear to, like, one of those red carpet events. Uh-huh. So now they ask the celebrities to donate the dress after the event, and they put it on eBay, and all the proceeds go to charity. Oh, wow. So this is a really smart idea to... Um, yeah, I mean, I can't. Uh, there are certain colors I couldn't part with after I lose. Well, no, the we actually you do it. We do. Oh, you just send them and let us sign the collar. Yeah, we it. have a, a bamboo who makes an awesome collar, and we'll actually put a couple in there for you for keeps there. Oh, but, definitely. Uh, I'm happy to send one to, or a few to Orange. And then just sign them and put them in an envelope, and they'll go right off to Kyle. And uh, I think he's going to start this in the next month or so. Is yes, that correct, Judy? Yes, in the next few weeks he'll be doing Good the auction. Good for him. Yeah. And then somebody can do a piece about this, and then he can get a Genesis award. I gotta tell you, yeah. when you teach kids at such a young age to love animals, it means so much because you hear about all this, uh, especially in the news this uh, last week about the dog fighting. And oh, it's horrible! Oh, I know it's it, just sickening, and, and to, to well, and so much of what they learn in video games and all that stuff is so violent and so it's about pain and humiliation, and it's the opposite of the things you want to instill in kids. And that's why I think it's so great that this year, you know, so many we have so many wonderful. Uh, nominees for or even in our feature category and it used to be hard just to find one feature film that had some animal rights issues woven through it and now we had i think we had nine nine nominations in the feature category and oftentimes they're animated films where kids are going and learning things you know there was open season and over the hedge and hoot and um you know it's really been quite extraordinary so kids are getting the message while they're being entertained and it starts at a very young age, which is so great. No, the Genesis Awards, which I wanted to mention, uh, several airings on American Life TV Network. Of course, we'll list this at the website, animalradio.com. I guess I wouldn't be giving away too much because I do have this press release here. Can I mention some of the some of the awards? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, because this awards already it already, this it already happened. The ones that we gave out, and um, absolutely, and, and I'm sure you're going to talk about the Weiler Award, which is of course named after Gretchen Weiler, who passed recently. The one who yes. came up with all this. She just she died a couple of months ago, and we had a memorial service for her right before I came up here to Massachusetts to do this play. Such a celebration of her life. There were so many people there, and. Uh, and it was extraordinary. It just showed her as such a phenomenal actress, singer, dancer, was on Broadway, mm-hmm. and then really found that her real calling was to uh, to spend her life trying to be advocate for animals, who she loved so dearly, and she set the bar so high. And last year, the first Weiler Award was given to 
Paul McCartney. Mm. Was no Sir Paul, I know, but yes. it makes me laugh because he'll always be a Beatle to me. And he was my favorite one, and I told my dad I was going to marry him, but it didn't work. Well, I guess he's just getting divorced. Yeah, you know, he's available. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, now I've sort of moved on. But, um, <laughs> Good for you. But, but the Weiler Award is, is was created to, um, to honor people who, as celebrities, have turned act to activism and helped to sort of spread the word because we realize, you know, we all are kind of given this this microphone. People are constantly wanting to know what we think about how Brad and Angelina are doing. And instead of talking about sort of things you read about in tabloids, you kind of have an opportunity to say, you know, that's not really my business, but I would like you to be aware of the fact that there's still dog fighting going on in mm-hmm. this country and it's really mm-hmm. heartbreaking and so so cruel and so unnecessary. So there are these chances for people who who are in the spotlight to really uh, help other people become conscious, and that's what this award is about. The Gretchen Weiler Award going to Sir Paul McCartney. The other awards uh, include the reality programming, of course, which is very big, yeah. extreme makeover of the DF family, who transformed their home into an animal shelter. Right, which well. is wonderful. I'm not real big on reality because I like make-believe so much, but yeah. I think that one was, was particularly good. <laughs> and briefly, before we let you go here, speaking of what you're doing, The Hill, I understand, maybe picked up or has been picked up on ABC. Well, we're, we're sort of in that limbo, but there's still life in it. It's a really wonderful show, and I hope that ABC decides to do it. We're sort of on hold. They picked up the option to hold us, and we'll see probably by, I would imagine, sometime in the fall, but it's a comedy about Washington, D.C., and how nobody's talking to each other. Have you noticed? Uh-huh. So I play a Democratic liberal senator from New York, not that one, and uh, <laughs> and my counterpart is a Republican conservative former astronaut from Arizona, and it's about our two staffs and and how they collide and fall in love with each other, of course, and um, and just hopefully could be a really great political satire that could incorporate some of the sort of pressing issues of the day, but in a comedic way where my my belief over the years has been, I think All in the Family did more to get people talking than almost any single show on television. Really, yeah. yes, absolutely. So my hope is it's time for another politically funny and smart show where it might get people to sort of see the folly of their own ways because we're all so entrenched in our point of view that we don't really talk to each other anymore. No, no. We have to start. It's getting. It's time now, you know? Yes, it is. I agree 100%. Should we be looking for you in anything else? Is this keeping you busy? Actually, um, I just got off the phone with my agent and I can't tell you, but hopefully yes. Okay, fingers <laughs> I will crossed. Know, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. And I'm doing a play up at Williamstown, the theater festival up here in the Berkshires. I'm doing Blight Spirit, which is so much fun. So we're in the middle of that right now. Well, it sounds like you're keeping busy. We appreciate all you do with them. Oh, thank you for you guys. Thanks for being on the air and just uh, keeping the conversation going. Thanks. Wendy Malik, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, guys. Easton on Animal Radio, please stay new to your pets. It's so important. If there's one thing that Fido loves, it's a ride in the car during your errands. While riding in the car may be fun for them, it can be dangerous if your pooch isn't safely secured. 
For a safe and easy way to buckle up your furry friends, check out Kurgo's line of innovative products, which are convenient for owners and secure for pets. Available at select pet smart and local pet stores or visit www.kurgo.com. That's www.kurgo.com to find your local dealer. This is Animal Radio Network. Whether your pet is traveling by plane, train, or auto, you want to keep their carrier dry. The amazing Dry Fur Cushion Mat is designed to do just that. Dry Fur's super absorbent pad absorbs and locks wetness away in seconds. The insulated rigid core provides stability to the carrier without bunching up. Dry Fur comes in a variety of sizes to fit all carriers and is completely disposable. Your pet will arrive with Dry Fur. We guarantee it. To learn more, visit www.dryfur.com. Buddy, don't do that. Don't worry. Lots of dogs eat grass. Didn't you hear? Dogs can get worm infections from eggs and larvae in the grass. Those parasites can even infect humans. I know. That's why I give my dog Safeguard K9 dewormer twice a year. It's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major intestinal worms that infect dogs and to protect my family against infection. Where can I find out more? Just visit www.safeguard.com. That's S-A-F-E hyphen G-U-A-R-D dot com. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter-free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Every year there are thousands of pets in animal shelters across the country just waiting for a loving home. I'm Bill Mark with a very simple message. If you're thinking of getting a pet, please adopt. To easily locate your closest place to adopt, call Pets 911 toll-free at 1-888-PETS-911. It's easy, it's free, and it gives a pet a second chance at life. This public service announcement has been made possible by Animal Radio, a proud partner of Pets911.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Is there dog fighting in your own neighborhood? I'm Hal Abrams. Last week's indictment of NFL quarterback Michael Vick on charges related to dog fighting, while it brought national attention to the extreme cruelty of this criminal industry, concerned citizens in every community can take steps to identify and report the presence of dog fighting in your own neighborhood. Here are some telltale signs. If you notice an inordinate number of dogs, often pit bulls, kept in one location, chained and apparently unsocialized, also signs of the obvious presence of a fighting pit, perhaps. Uh, dogs with scars on their faces, front legs and stifle area, that's the hind legs and thighs. Or how about dog fighting training equipment, such as rawhide or tires hanging from trees, or even treadmills. If you notice the remains of dead fighting animals outside a suspicious location or a large number of missing pets, 
Individuals involved in dog fighting are known to steal cats and smaller dogs for use in training. Or perhaps you notice unusual foot traffic coming and going from this location at odd hours. These are all signs that perhaps there's some dog fighting going on. Pit bulls can be really wonderful family pets, but when they're mistreated by irresponsible owners, they can become so damaged that they're dangerous. Now, the Humane Society of the United States is offering a standing $2,500 reward for any information leading to the conviction of illegal dog fighting. They've also urged the NFL not to allow Vic to play while these charges are pending, and they've pressed Nike to end its association with him until the case is resolved. For more up-to-date information on the Vic case, you can check out the Humane Society website at humanesociety.org or get the latest news at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at animalradio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products, 100% biodegradable training pads, biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover, a great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And there's no doubt you've seen all the bugs in your garden, on the lawn, as summer kicks in. Lots of little lives out there, and Rayanne Cumulos takes on the ladybug. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. Have you ever noticed how sometimes certain animals or insects tend to gather around you? If we pay attention, there are so many different creatures that we encounter every day that appear to be asking us to consider their presence. Ladybug has been doing just that recently. She is constantly needing rescued from the pool, seems to magically appear on every blade of grass or flower around, and consistently finds her way into the house, only to sit on the windowpane cheerfully waiting for a gentle escort back outside. Apparently, Ladybug is in need of some attention. Probably the first thought that comes to mind with Ladybug is that horrid poem. Ladybug, Ladybug, fly away home. Your house is on fire. Your children will roam. Except little Nan, who sits in a pan, weaving gold laces as fast as she can. Now, this is not a happy story, but certainly one we all know. It's believed to have originated in medieval times, when to clear the fields after the harvest, farmers would burn the remaining hop vines in foliage. The ladybugs and their larvae could fly or crawl away, but their pupae would remain in the vines and burn. Since the pupae are called nan, this poem actually makes sense and was considered a warning to the ladybugs to fly away before the farmer burned the fields. However, that part about nan finding her way into a pan weaving gold laces seems to be lost to the ages. The ladybug is actually a kind of beetle, and yes, there are male ladybugs too. As with many types of insects, the beetle, including the ladybug, must go through some sort of metamorphosis to eventually become the form we are familiar with. With ladybug, it is the egg, larvae, pupae, and then adult cycle. They only live for four to six weeks, and there can be up to six generations of ladybugs in one season. For these reasons, beetles are associated with resurrection and change. So from a psychological perspective, the presence of ladybug perhaps can speak to a need for change or growth in our own lives. The ladybug is quite beloved. Five states have named her their state insect, 
Delaware, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Ohio, and Tennessee. She is quite the fashionista with those black polka dots on her bright red wings, and she is a great friend of the gardener, as her favorite food are aphids. If a rosebush were to have a best pal in the insect world, one would guess it's the ladybug. She has a long history and association with being a friend of the farmer as well. In the Middle Ages, during the time when insects were destroying crops, prayers were placed to the Virgin Mary for help. Ladybugs appeared and devoured the insects destroying the crops and were henceforth called the Beetles of Our Lady, which was eventually shortened to Lady Beetles. It was believed that her red wings represented the Virgin's cloak, while the black spots stood for both her joys and her sorrows. If you find a ladybug in your house during the winter, which is highly likely since she will not fly in temperatures under 55 degrees, then you are in for some good luck. If you count her spots, that will also tell you how many dollars you will soon receive. Although if she's an older ladybug, her spots may be more difficult to see since they fade with age. And if there are no spots, then that ladybug is less than 24 hours old, and I guess you won't be getting any dollars. If she lands on a piece of your clothing, then you will soon get a new piece of that type of clothing. And if you happen to be ill in France and a ladybug lands on you, she will fly away with your sickness. Once Ladybug is an adult and she gets those pretty red wings with the black polka dots, she will beat them 85 times a second while she flies. Ladybug moves fast in the short time she is with us. Perhaps that is why she wants our attention, to remind us that life is short, so put on your party clothes and fly. Visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos. Well, I got to go put on my party clothes right now. What an hour. We want to thank Wendy Malik from Just Shoot Me for joining us this hour. If you're leaving us, remember there's lots more streaming live online 24-7, 365. That means all the time, son. Head on over to AnimalRadio.com where you can hear us on any cell phone, any provider. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. That's ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it happens to be a cat, don't to cloth. There are alternatives. And if you're looking for a certain breed, don't go to a breeder or a puppy store. Go to your breed rescue or to a local shelter. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this fine station. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. And welcome back. Hour two. This hour, ooh, jam-packed. Tammy Grimes, you remember her from Dogs Deserve Better? She's always doing something, pulling some kind of stunt or something to raise awareness. Well, she's got NFL tickets, and she doesn't know what to do with them. She needs your help. All the details on the way. Uh, Maybe you've heard of this. Vets are now prescribing human antidepressants. For animal behavioral problems. Whoa. And we go to Las Vegas to get the lowdown also. Uh, could dog saliva be good for you? Huh? We'll find out. Also, Fido-friendly travel talk in California this week. Uh, what a lucky job Susan Sims has. And animal communicator Joy Turner. If you want to talk to your pet, uh, let's get you in queue right now. one 405 to talk to animal communicator Joy Turner in just a couple minutes. I believe we have Tammy Grimes... On three. 
Well, hi, Tammy. How are you doing? Great. How are you guys? Um, Good. I understand you're in transit right now to Virginia for the Michael Vick. What is it, a rally of some sort? Yeah, today he's um, having his first, I guess it's his preliminary hearing in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So a lot of groups are going down and basically holding protests, rallies, whatever you want to call it, outside the courthouse. Wow. I understand that someone has donated tickets to Dogs Deserve Better, your organization. Is that correct? These uh, NFL tickets? <laughs> yes, it's one of life's little ironies. This is the first time anyone ever donated NFL tickets to us, and it's for a pretty good game in Pennsylvania between the Steelers and the Phillies. So uh, we were kind of excited about it until now, and we realized we really can't raffle these off um, with the current situation that's going on. So what are you going to do with them? I don't know. That's why we put up a video on YouTube asking for people to let us know what they think we should do with them. We want some really creative suggestions and uh, see where we go with it. Now, have you noticed uh, there are a lot of people that are boycotting NFL games currently? Well, that's certainly the, uh, the buzz on the Internet. You know, even people who are really not into animal welfare issues are still saying they're, they're not going to any NFL games in light of the situation. Unless things really turn around and the NFL says, whoa, you know, we're just not going to tolerate this kind of behavior from our players. So uh, people are pretty upset about it. You know, this is an issue that seems to be grabbing absolutely everybody. It, it sure is, and I noticed that Sports Illustrated put a survey poll on their website. Have you seen this? No, not yet, no. And they've asked, should Vic be kicked out of the NFL? Questions like that, and I encourage... Mm -hmm. In fact, we have a link up at AnimalRadio.com if you want to see that survey. And a lot of people really commiserate. I would have thought on a sports website that they would have been sort of pro-Michael Vick, but there's a real yeah. taste of animal lovers caught up in this. Yeah, it's bringing it out, the awareness, and the NFL has to do something about it. There's too many people that are protesting, too many people that are upset, and the NFL just can't sit and turn a blind eye to it. I think that that's what they're trying to do, and I don't think they're going to get away with it. No. Uh, YouTube is the place. You have a video up there, and the video is asking uh, what to do with these NFL tickets for the August 26th game of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, a game that is highly anticipated each year in Pennsylvania, I understand. Yeah. Thanks, Tammy. Hold on one second. Let's see. I wanted to talk about this briefly. Mm -hmm. We take our cats and we take our dogs outside, and we let them eat grass, and I just found out that this could be dangerous because they could get worms from grass. So I asked you to get this doctor on. I feel very embarrassed. This is live radio. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I think he goes by Dr. B. B. Vermont. Just say B. Dr. Bromlage? Yes. Is, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Well, generally said Bramlage or Bromlage if you're German. But <laughs> Bram, Bramlage is how it's said. And as I told Judy, everybody calls me Dr. B. Okay, so. Dr. B, uh, you, you can just call me H. Uh, <laughs> if that makes that simpler. Listen, I wanted to get you on the phone because this is the time of year where my dogs are out in the yard. They're eating grass. They're eating green stuff. I don't know right. why. And I thought maybe you could tell me why they're eating it and what the dangers are in regards to eating grass. Now, I know I have cats also, and they eat grass, too, and I don't know if they have the same dangers, but I want to talk about primarily my dog. Well, we always think that there's a deficiency somewhere, but the reality is they just like that eating that fresh green grass. Now, the, pr the problem with it is, you know, if they aren't grazing whole lawns, if they're just eating an occasional uh, amount of grass, that's not a factor. Some people have theorized that they do that to buffer their system or they want to throw up. I can't imagine that hating to throw up myself. <laughs> but uh, most of the time, the 
biggest problem with it is is they pick up intestinal parasites there. Mm. Those larvae linger on the end of that grass. We can't see them. They're uh-huh. microscopic, but especially hookworms, uh, they can pick Ooh. up on that grass. Oh, that's that's not good at all. I was wondering where they got them. So they live in the grass, the larvae lives on the grass, they eat the grass, and they, they get in their system, and they don't pass, I guess, and they're dangerous. What can what can these worms do? And Are there different kinds of worms? Yeah, there's actually three main kinds of worms, and then another whole class of worms. The round worms live in the stomach, small intestine. The, they uh, tend to eat a lot of calories, and especially in puppies, those are really critical, and they can get passed to the puppy from mom in the milk so Ooh. that's another way reason we're really careful with puppies on our deworming program uh-huh. but the hookworms they actually attach to the intestinal wall and feed on blood uh. the other thing they do is migrate through the tissue and essentially they eat your animal from the inside out mm. I heard it put once and I think it's a very effective way to think of it as far as humans go these tiny hookworm larvae which you can't see with the naked eye sometimes get under the skin called uh, uh, larval migrants or their plumber's itch is another name for it, um, it it's a a linear lesion that's like a rash that makes you want to itch, as you can imagine, when it's under your edge of your skin. Is this a health hazard for humans as well as the dogs? Yeah, it is a health hazard for humans, and if you just take reasonable care, you can prevent the whole thing. But it's one of the reasons, as we live closer and closer to our pets and they become more part of the family, that it's no longer tolerated that they have some parasites, you know, that they carry around. Um, as my wife says, I don't want to see any parasites in my dog, and that's the same way. So, but there is another whole class, and that is uh, tapeworms. Now, tapeworms are not an economic worm per se in a dog; they live off the waste of the of the dog primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unless they get to be a tremendous load, they really don't cause a major problem. But again, we don't want to see them there. But they're either uh, acquired by rabbits or uh, another variety can be acquired from fleas and that's the reason flea control is important i guess i gotta either keep my dog from eating grass or i guess there's wormers i understand safeguard which is a sponsor of animal radio this is a uh, is perfect for this yeah it's a you need a broad spectrum wormer and we've taken a different approach to parasites the last few years it's no longer um acceptable to wait until they have parasites or to run a fecal at your veterinarians and say, okay, he's got parasites and we're going to deworm him. Mm-hmm. The other problem is they don't always lay eggs. So maybe I took a sample when these parasites weren't laying eggs and they oh. got them, but we didn't pick it up. So what we now try to do is strategically deworm our pets every six months to prevent these. And along with heartworm prevention that they're put on that actually help prevent these intestinal parasites also, we can keep these parasites out. But the idea is you can't get rid of these parasites. They've been around since dinosaurs. Mm. Even if my dog doesn't have heartworm, giving him this medication won't harm him. It will not harm him. Safeguard is one of the fenbendazole dewormers are one of the safest. They have no contraindications of other drugs. So they're perfectly safe to give as an adjunct with these dewormers. And the whole strategic program involves multiple angles to try to prevent these in our what? pets so that our kids do not end up with them. Mm-hmm. You know, children and, and puppies are the two most susceptible oh. uh, people or pets to them. Okay, so I think you're saying two things here. You're saying with the safeguard uh, that, first of all, it's a prevention treatment, and two, that because you're preventing it, you're actually safeguarding your children, your human children, 
uh, that are playing in the yard as well as your dogs. Exactly. These parasites lay hundreds of thousands of eggs if you let them mature to adults. So the idea is to get them out of there before they ever get to that point. And if we can do that, then every year we should decrease the amount of eggs in our general population. And it's not just your yard. You know, now it's the dog parks that you go to. It's the parks you go to. Those are all high-contaminated areas. So we're not going to prevent these parasites. They're going to pick them up. It's not seasonal or regional. It's really not seasonal or regional. Now, in Canada, you are lucky. You have cold weather does beat these parasites down, and they actually have higher infestations in the spring, summer, and fall when the warmer weathers are there and they're eating grass. But in the winter when there's snow on the ground or it's really cold, um, we're not picking up as many of these parasites because we're just not spending time in the environment where these parasites are. But they still have them, and they still pass them in the feces. So we need to get that stool out of the yard, dispose of it appropriately. The product is called Safeguard. How is it administered? Well, Safeguard comes in a powder, three packets, three days in a row in a powder. So you put that in the food, which is quite easy if they're a dry food eater. It's just a matter of putting it on a little canned food. I'm one of those tasters. I taste everything. I can't taste anything with this face safeguard. So it pretty well takes up the taste of the food. Some people will wet dry food and put it on, but I prefer to put it on a little bit of canned food three days in a row and administer it. Three days in a row usually gives people problems. If Remember the new dewormers, unlike the old dewormers, where we would deworm our dog and keep him outside for three days because he had this screaming diarrhea that just ripped everything out. Those were called purge wormers. The purge wormers are not around anymore. These new dewormers work right on the parasite, not on the dog. You do it three days in a row because it interrupts the life cycle of the parasite. But beyond that, we don't want to run out of wormer before we run out of parasites. We yeah. want to get all the way through that intestinal tract and get everybody. And that's why the three days in a row. Very informative, Dr. Yeah. B. Thank you so much. Is there a website where we can learn more? You sure can. If you go into the uh, safeguardfordogs.com, you can not only get a lot of good information on there, but you can also register. But uh, hopefully we're going to... We're going to get a lot of good information out there. If you have any problems, don't hesitate to join the website. Uh, they'll even remind you when to deworm your dog next. Thank you very, very much. Uh, Safeguard, check it out. Of course, links to everything you've heard on today's show at AnimalRadio.com. We have more Animal Radio on the way. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hi, this is Clive Pierce from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and neuter your pet. Whether your pet is traveling by plane, train, or auto, you want to keep their carrier dry. The amazing Dry Fur Cushion Mat is designed to do just that. Dry Fur's super absorbent pad absorbs and locks wetness away in seconds. The insulated, rigid core provides stability to the carrier without bunching up. Dryfur comes in a variety of sizes to fit all carriers and is completely disposable. Your pet will arrive with Dryfur. We guarantee it. To learn more, visit www.dryfur.com. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just from eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Ew, gross. Thank goodness there's a safe and easy way to eliminate and prevent the major worms that infect dogs. Safeguard Canine Dewormer. Just sprinkle it on your dog's food twice a year. And that's it? Yep. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. It's the best way I know to protect my dog and my family against intestinal worm infections. 
If there's one thing that Fido loves, it's a ride in the car during your errands. While riding in the car may be fun for them, it can be dangerous if your pooch isn't safely secured. For a safe and easy way to buckle up your furry friends, check out Kurgo's line of innovative products, which are convenient for owners and secure for pets. Available at select pet smart and local pet stores or visit www.kurgo.com. That's www.kurgo.com to find your local dealer. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Stop the FDA from allowing milk and meat from cloned animals to be sold in grocery stores. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society for information at www.endanimalcloning.org. Fido-friendly magazine. Perhaps you can do without it, but for kibble's sake, think of your dog. At last, a voice for us traveling canines. Until now, few have taken mobile pooches seriously. After all, who appreciates warm shelter and a comfy bed more than a dog? Fido-Friendly, the travel magazine for you and your dog. A quarterly guide to Fido-Friendly accommodations in the United States and Canada. Because if Fido ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Subscribe at FidoFriendly.com. Your dog will thank you. Hey, this is Cesar Milan. When I'm not doing the dog whisper, I'm listening to Animal Radio. Stay balanced. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. We're back with Animal Radio's official vet. Do you mind if we call you Animal Radio's vet, Dr. Debbie White? Yes, I'd be happy to be referred to such. Sort of hesitant to mention this on air, but I'm going to. We have a studio cat. His name is Nike. You've probably heard us talking about him on the air. And he has a little pee problem. He has a spraying problem. He likes to mark his territory on every inch of the studio. And that's not uh, horizontal. That's a vertical spray that he's doing. And there's a big difference between the two, right? Right. He's not urinating outside the litter box. He's actually going over to the wall and backing up to it. And if you see their little tail shaking up in the air, then it's... a spray and he's marking his territory. So the first thing we did, we figured, okay, maybe there's a problem. Maybe he has a bladder infection or something like that. So we called in our vet, Dr. Debbie White. We went through the usual battery of tests to find out if he was sick. And did we find anything? No, he checked out very good. And it is important that with any pet that might be spraying inappropriately, that we first rule out the medical possibilities because we don't want to go down a long road of medications or behavioral therapies when we're going to get a, a partial response. So you always want to go to the heart and find out if there's a medical cause. We tested him, and he came back clear, and we decided we would try what everyone's talking about, kitty Prozac, which actually is is human Prozac, isn't it? Yes, it is the same drug, and basically we use it for cats um, for different types of anxiety-driven problems. And in a multi-cat situation, um, urine marking is one sign of uh, aggression or anxiety with their situation, and um, that's basically what we're treating with Nike. And we're about three or four weeks in now, and have you noticed any difference, Judy? Well, first of all, I just want to say that I really struggled with putting him on medication. Um, I don't. That's the first thing I don't want to do is run out and look for an, you know something a, a quick fix. We did go through the procedures and stuff, and I finally decided maybe he did need medication, and he's been on it for about three weeks. Uh, the spraying has stopped. I'm not finding anything on the walls. He's still his behavior still a little strange. We're still 
it's still too early to tell which way he's going to go with on the medication. But I just wanted to tell someone, if your cat is spraying, don't put him on medication immediately. Yeah, this is definitely something you need to consult your veterinarian about and not your Prozac. They'll, they'll actually prescribe Prozac or whatever medicine they feel uh, is appropriate. Now, we're uh, three weeks in. We're not where we want to be. Do you think maybe another couple of weeks uh, we might see a difference? Yeah, we definitely need to give some medications an ample time to take effect. And in the medicine with Prozac, it does take four to six weeks until we can really make a fair adjustment and assessment of the situation. Some medicines have a little bit quicker response time where we can adjust and make a decision, but I think we need to hang in there a bit with Nike and give us give them a chance there. Are you noticing more and more human medications crossing over to the animal world? Well, I do believe that as pets become more uh, of a family member, we're looking to a lot of the same medications, and a lot of these things aren't very well studied until we get a lot of anecdotal experience um, where uh, pet owners and veterinarians can report back to behavior. And, and give their impressions on how it's working out. What other medicines, specifically antidepressants or behavior medicines, are being used right now other than Prozac? Oh, there's other ones such as Paxil, uh, Clomipramine, um, other medications in those different classes, and even things like uh, Valium and Alprazolam that are used um, for anxiety or um, spraying behavior. So it just depends on the situation, what the veterinarian's um, experience or preference level is, and what works for your own cat, because it really isn't a uh, one puzzle fits all. Um, it does take some time in finding the right medication. Is this something that you want to do on a long-term basis or is it just a short-term temporary basis that you put them on these medications? Most anti-anxiety medicines for cats are really more of a long-term commitment. So it's not something we expect to see a quick fix and we have to really give it some time until we can wean off the medication and that could be a period of many months, four to even six months in some cases. Okay, so we're, I guess Nike's sort of a test subject, and, and we'll let you know if you're considering this, if you've been down every route and your vet is at ends of what to do, uh, pulling her hair out. Yeah, well, I know that uh, you were pulling your hair out uh, with the whole urination. You tried everything, didn't you? Oh, I went through a multitude of products. And actually, I did the, like I said, I didn't want to run out, and the first thing to do was to medicate them. Uh, not only did I check out that there was no medical problems. I did the, the feel-away plug-in spray, which is supposed to be a pheromone, which is supposed to be a calming. Um, I tried a lot of different things before I resorted to this. Any success with the pheromones? I hear kind of like a 50-50 thing. Uh, not for the urination, unfortunately. Um, it seemed to, I think it works very well for traveling. We travel a lot with the studio cats in the RV, and I think it works very well when you have a multiple cat household. But as far as the urination, I wasn't finding that that was helping. Do you re uh, recommend any of these pheromones? I know there's DAP uh, for dogs and, and uh, a feel away for cats. Yeah, we do use them quite widely in our office for um, dogs that have anxiety problems, phobias, uh, firework uh, or storm phobias, and for cats for even acclimating into a new home. Um, say you're moving um, and a cat is unfamiliar with the territory, it helps to kind of calm them and give them a non-chemical uh, reassurance for the situation. What are some other things you want to try before meds? We want to look at the environment. Um, if you do have a multi-cat household, we want to look at giving extra litter box sites. Um, if you have covered litter box Boxes, removing the cover or changing the litter substrate because in some situations if it's a litter box issue a lot of those things need to be altered and modified. I've even had cats where we've had to put little swatches of carpet in the litter pan to return them to their uh, preference of what they like and sometimes you just have to experiment a little bit with that. Do you notice more problems in multiple cat households? In multi-cat households we have a lot more issues. There's a lot of personalities and cats are very 
quiet with their uh, uh, communication. So their nonverbal is uh, passed across the room, and we don't always pick up on these signs, but they are talking volumes with their looks. Okay, so if you're considering this, if you're having any kind of behavioral problems, check out your vet. Your vet will know what to do. Dr. Debbie White joining us again. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, made possible by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Dog saliva. It has healing power. I'm Hal Abrams. For centuries, people have noticed that dogs always lick their wounds when they get injured. And although the following idea may not appeal to you, Research has shown that dogs licking can be good for people, too. In fact, it's recently been discovered that the saliva that comes from the dog's mouth does contain a mild bacterial effect when placed on an open wound. Now, you may have noticed that your dog has probably never gotten sick when you and your other family members were experiencing a heavy case of the flu or a nagging cold. The properties contained in your dog's saliva has an antibacterial effect on all incoming foreign bodies. These germs are literally wiped away before they enter his system. Get more animal news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by the Simple Solution Natural line of 100% biodegradable pet care products. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Earth-conscious consumers have an eco-friendly choice in pet care. The Simple Solution Natural line of 100% all-natural pet products. 100% biodegradable training pads. Biodegradable even by California standards. They'll biodegrade faster than an orange peel. Also, Simple Solution Natural Pet Stain and Odor Remover. A great alternative to harsh chemicals found in traditional household cleaners. Simple Solution Natural, based on a way of life. Find Simple Solution at Petco, PetSmart, or your local pet retailer. 1-866-405-8405. Write that on your unk. That's the number you need to call right now to speak to Joy Turner, animal communicator extraordinaire. Uh, she'll help you bridge that gap between you and your pet. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Emmy Lou Harris on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. Do you know what you're serving for dinner tonight? If the FDA has its way, the milk and meat you see at the grocery store could come from cloned animals. And you won't even know because it won't be labeled. Cloning animals for food involves more than just food safety. Animal suffering and other ethical issues must also be considered. The cloning process uses hundreds of animals to produce just one clone, causing death or severe health problems for most of the animals involved. Just because we can clone animals for food doesn't mean we should. Contact the American Anti-Vivisection Society to learn more about the problems with animal cloning at www.endanimalcloning.org. That's www.endanimalcloning.org. And have a voice in what you are serving for dinner tonight. Hi, this is Bob Barker, listening to Animal Radio. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. This is Animal Radio Network. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio. And coming up in just a couple of minutes, Fido Friendly Travel with Susan Sims going to California. 
That, of course, is brought to you by The Honest Kitchen. Pet food with passion and principles, offering people food formulated for pets. Check it out, www.thehonestkitchen.com. Bridging the gap between animal and human. It is Joy Turner. Hi, Joy. How are you doing? I'm marvelous, Hal. How are you doing? Oh, you're, you know, such a cheery little voice. <laughs> you know, I could have been the most down person in the world. I am totally up now because of that voice. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll have to call her every morning. How's life treating you? It's treating me magnificently. Okay. You ready to talk to some animals? Absolutely. Okay. Who would you like to do today? Okay, one 405 8405 Who do we have on the phone with us? Jason Byro. Hi, Jason. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Very good. Where are you from? Uh, Seattle, Washington. Seattle. You're on with Joy Turner. Uh, hi, Joy. How you doing? I'm pretty great, Jason. Great. How about well, yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. And um, you're welcome. Tell me who you'd like to talk to today. Well, my dog is a Dalmatian, 12-year-old female. Her name is Demetise. Would you spell that one for me? D-E-M-I-T-I-S-E. Okay, perfect. And... She is fully deaf from uh, from the time she was born, so we have our interesting communication style. And my question for her is, as she's approaching her senior year, she's 12 years old now, I'm entertaining the idea of getting a, a puppy for the house as well, my wife and I. Um, my wife would rather not. She wants to give all the attention to Demetis, and I would love to bring a, a puppy on board and, and have you know, more activity in the house and, and play with uh, the new puppy as well. How how would you respond to that? Okay, um, Demetis wants to know why you would want a puppy because she's assuming by a puppy you mean a baby. Yes. Okay, she's wanting to know why you're wanting that. I think the idea of having uh, another another dog, another puppy in there w- would help the transition as Demetis starts to get older and. You know, when that time comes to have to let her go, as she's 12 years old now, is there wouldn't be that emptiness in the house. Okay, she says she has two kinds of thoughts, and she asked me what she should tell you, and I said, well, I think it would be best to tell you both. One is, for her, she would rather not have all of that activity unless it were another deaf dog. Okay. Because... To her, that would be um, things that she would have to kind of cope with or deal with okay. as she aged more. She said, but if the reason you gave is the reason you want it, then certainly she would not tell you no. Because my only feeling would be is that sadness. And, and from my experience of losing my cat and not having any other animals in the house, is definitely hard. And my wife is quite attached to the dog as well as I am, um, is making that transition a little bit easier should anything happen to Demetis. Okay, Um, she said if that's the reason you want to do that, then she would never tell you no. She would just say that she likes the idea of being the only dog, and then she said she wouldn't even care if literally the day she passed you went to get a new one. Okay. But she said if you really need one for you and for your wife, then she wouldn't say no to that. Okay. Perfect. So are you kind of hearing what she's telling you? It's I not am. her preference, but if it's yours, she'll go along with it? And I think that answers uh, that answers the question clearly. Okay, um, perfect. So thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for calling. Joy, if someone wants to speak to you during the week, how can they do that? They would do that by calling 
888-888-1779, or they could go through my website. You can get there in two ways, talkwithyouranimals.com or joyturner.com. And don't forget you can get your Joy Turner fix five days a week at AnimalRadio.com. Joy, thanks so much for joining us. You're very welcome, Hal. Thanks for having me. Did you know that dogs can get worm infections just by eating grass and that those same parasites can also infect humans? Protect your dog and your family by deworming your dog twice a year with Safeguard Canine Dewormer. For more information, visit www.safe-guard.com. That's S-A-F-E-G-U-A-R-D.com. If there's one thing that Fido loves, it's a ride in the car during your errands. While riding in the car may be fun for them, it can be dangerous if your pooch isn't safely secured. For a safe and easy way to buckle up your furry friends, check out Kurgo's line of innovative products, which are convenient for owners and secure for pets. Available at select pet smart and local pet stores or visit www.kurgo.com. That's www.kurgo.com to find your local dealer. Hi, I'm Ken Schrader. In race car driving, seconds can win a race. But to win the race against pet overpopulation, you need to understand the importance of spaying or neutering your pets. Every few seconds, hundreds of dogs and cats are put down in our country. Help fix the problem. I urge you to spay or neuter your pets. To find out how, visit Pets911.com today. To find out about spay day events in your area, log on to Pets911.com or call 1-888-PETS-911. Whether your pet is traveling by plane, train, or auto, you want to keep their carrier dry. The amazing Dry Fur Cushion Mat is designed to do just that. Dry Fur's super absorbent pad absorbs and locks wetness away in seconds. The insulated, rigid core provides stability to the carrier without bunching up. Dry Fur comes in a variety of sizes to fit all carriers and is completely disposable. Your pet will arrive with Dry Fur. We guarantee it. To learn more, visit www.dryfur.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio. Welcome back to Fighter Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. And when uh, we travel with our dogs, there's all kinds of times of the year that we we have different ideas of where we'd like to go. And and I think a lot of times when we think of a relaxing place to vacation with with our dogs, we think of a nice quiet inn, maybe across from the ocean. And and I'll tell you what, this relaxing spot can be found, and it's in Cambria, California. And we have proprietor Leslie Eady is with us this morning from Cambria Shores Inn, and they recently went under a major renovation at this charming seaside place. And, And in doing so, this has earned them a AAA three diamond rating. Hey, Leslie, how are you? Really fine, thank you. I bet you you guys are just thrilled with this AAA three diamond rating. Yes, that makes a big difference in um, getting the word out to folks that are traveling with their pets. And AAA is really great about sending folks up to our inn. You know, you've been Fido friendly forever, haven't you? We've owned the hotel for about eight and a half years, and I believe we have been the entire time. When we bought the hotel, it was dog friendly. And once my husband and I realized what a wonderful um, opportunity it was to have folks that are traveling with their pets, we kind of went the extra mile to welcome the families that are traveling with their dogs. Well, I think there's more and more people that are doing that, and and you have such a beautiful location, and there's some wonderful things to do in your area. I think you're near the... uh uh, Paso Robles um, wines out there, aren't you? The Paso Robles wines are about 30 minutes away. There's probably over 200 wineries in a 100-mile radius of the hotel. 
We're only six minutes from Hearst Castle, which is a wonderful draw for people coming to the Central Coast, as well as the Highway 1 scenic tour all the way up to Big Sur. That really is beautiful up there. And and, uh, tell us about some of the renovations that you recently went under. I know you have, how many rooms do you have? We have 24 rooms. 18 of our rooms have been completely remodeled with fossilized limestone, onyx flooring, all new carpet, paint, draperies, bedding. We have original artwork from several local artists in the area and uh, flat screen TVs, nice fireplace, and we like to boast the fact that whether we need it or not, we have air conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) Not needed too often in our area, but it is a AAA rating Mm -hmm. requirement. So the rooms are just gorgeous. Almost all of our rooms have ocean view, and almost all of our rooms are dog-friendly. We do have what we call three people-friendly rooms for folks that don't want to be in a room that's traveling with a without a dog. Um, but all of our rooms are detailed as each uh, canine family member leaves so that no one would know that the dog has been in the room. They're just amazingly beautiful. You know, I know on your website, too, that you were updating that, and there's some really beautiful pictures in that. But tell us about um, what happens with, um, with our dogs when we visit. I know that the people get a wonderful breakfast basket um, outside their door in the morning. You have a uh, you know, nice little hook on the outside so you don't disturb anybody and they just reach out there and then they've got all their goodies and you also have a canine basket. We do. Um, at check-in, the dogs receive either a basket or a bag with linens to cover my new bedding, um, beach towels, copy of Phyto-Friendly magazine and I've had special treats made with Rollover Red Rover out of Novato, California with doghouse that says Cambria Shores Inn, peace signs, doves, hearts. The cookies are absolutely adorable. Then in the morning, the dogs receive a breakfast basket um, or a breakfast treat in the breakfast basket as well so that they're not forgotten. When we travel, we like to um, to go places where there's also uh, things to do with our dogs in the area. And I know that you have a really grassy, a big, expansive lawn out there. Um, you have that set it up at all for, the, for dogs? Yes. The dogs are uh, allowed on our entire property, which is about an acre. We have three lovely lawns overlooking Moonstone Beach. And our son with Grow Nursery has just put in a beautiful um, spectator succulent and cactus garden as well. You know, that's that's really important, too, because I know there are places, like we said before, that they, they uh, allow pets, but they don't welcome pets. So it's always our, our goal to, to search out and, and find the properties that really welcome your pet and, and have programs in place for them. Now, if you wanted to travel, say, to Hearst Castle, do you um, um, are you having pet sitters lined up? or You know, we work work with three pet sitters currently that come to the hotel. We also work with um, a kennel that's in in town if people prefer prefer that. We also have ten dog-friendly restaurants with outdoor seating, heaters, and patios that the dogs are welcome to go with their owners for dinner or lunch or breakfast. So... That's been a really nice draw. Yeah, I think so too. And I think more and more that's like what we, like I said, that's what we try and do. And we try and find things that we can do with our dog because otherwise, why would we bring them? Exactly. So, uh, it, it really, it really is a wonderful spot. And, and your property, like, has been there for quite a while. And now with all the renovations, um, I think this is really a, a fighter-friendly destination that people uh, should make sure and, and, and try to visit someday. And what type of pet fee do you have? We have a fifteen dollar per night per dog fee, and we do. Not not limit size or weight. Oh, that's good. We prefer people don't travel with more than three dogs, but if they have four family canine members, we do make exception. 
we just want to be sure people are having a lot of fun and not babysitting the whole entire time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. a pack. So, but um, we we are uh, open to any kind of dog, any size of dog. They just must be friendly and you know good travelers. And we do. Um, expect that they're leashed and with their owners at all times. They're not allowed to be left in the room at any time alone. Yeah, that's important too. And I think a lot of people do understand that even though their their canine companion might be perfectly fine left at home when they when they travel, they're going to go to a different uh, area. They're not going to be familiar with their surroundings, and you know sometimes it makes them a little nervous. And exactly. And it's, it's safe. It's much safer to keep them with you and, and not, not even allow that opportunity to, to happen. So Well, you know, it's um, funny. People do say that a lot. My dog is perfect. He's um, crate trained and this and that. But, you know, they don't really know what the dog does when they leave. Right. <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't hear him barking. No, exactly. And so we don't want anybody to be disturbed if a dog gets upset or scared or whatever so mm-hmm. that's one of our major rules but that's why we have the pet sitters available so it mm-hmm. works out yeah yeah it does and it's important and when people uh, go on your website it's cambriashoresin.com and they can uh, look at your amenities and and your room rates and your program for the pets and uh, or call you and and even ask you to help them you know plan some itineraries in their, in and around the area no, we would love to. Okay, Leslie, thank you. It was so good to hear from you, and I'm so thrilled for you guys. It thank you so much. Our, you're welcome. It's one of our special places, too. We wanted to share that with all our listeners. So, Well, we look forward to everybody your, to come see us. You bet. Okay, Leslie, take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay. You're listening to Fighter Friendly Travel Talk on Animal Radio. Hi, this is Nancy Cartwright, the voice of Bart Simpson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Don't have a cow, man. Every once in a while, there comes along a special group of animal lovers that stands strongly in defense of the voiceless. Animal People is that newspaper for people who really care about the animals. Animal People is published ten times yearly. The publisher is a nonprofit corporation dedicated to exposing the existence of cruelty to animals and to informing and educating you so that animal lovers worldwide can eliminate such cruelty. Your subscription is $24 a year. Get Animal People's fair and accurate investigative reporting from the industry watchdog. Visit our website at www.animalpeoplenews.org. That's www.animalpeoplenews.org to subscribe to the news for people who care about animals. Animal People. Subscribe today at www.animalpeoplenews.org. Hey, cat lovers, wish you never had to touch, smell, scoop, or buy cat litter again. Your wish is granted with Cat Genie. The world's only self-flushing, self-washing cat box. The Cat Genie looks like a cat toilet and cleans like magic. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Cat Genie is totally litter-free. Okay, cats need to dig and cover. So Cat Genie uses permanent washable granules that never need changing. To cats, Cat Genie fills and acts like a clean litter box. See it in action at 60catgenie.com. That's the number 60catgenie.com. Or call 1-800-517-4289. That's 1-800-517-4289. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe... This is Animal Radio. Is this really show 400, Judy? Number 400. Wow. I've been doing this. 
for a while here, huh? All our lives. Well, like. if you're uh, at home following along with the Animal Radio board game, go ahead and move your piece forward <laughs> one space. Uh, Sammy St. Croix answers the question, how many dogs does it take to change the light bulb? So how many dogs does it take to change a light bulb anyway? Let's find out. If you were a golden retriever, you'd say... Well, you know, the sun is shining, the day is young, we've got our whole lives ahead of us, and you're inside worrying about a stupid burned-out bulb? If you were a border collie, it would take just one, and then you'd replace any wiring that's not up to code as well. If you were a dachshund, also known as a wiener dog, you'd say, you know, I can't reach that stupid lamp anyway, so leave me be. If you were a Rottweiler, you'd probably say, make me. In the case of the boxer, of course, he'd say something along the lines of, Who cares? I can still play with my squeaky toys in the dark. The Labrador, of course, would say something along the lines of, Oh, me, me, please, please, let me change the bulb. Can I, can I, can I, please, 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 hold let me, please, pretty, please. Now, the German Shepherd would tell you, I'll change it as soon as I've led these people from the dark. Check to make sure I haven't missed any and make just one more perimeter patrol to make sure that no one has tried to take advantage of the situation. Of course, the Jack Russell Terrier would say, I'll just hop it in while I'm bouncing off the walls and furniture. Or the old English sheepdog. Light bulb? I'm sorry, but I didn't see a light bulb. The spoiled Cocker Spaniel will always ask the same question. Why change it? I can still pee on the carpet in the dark. The Greyhound would pass, of course, only because... If it isn't moving, who cares? If you were an Australian Shepherd, you would hold a meeting and share this. First, I'll put all the light bulbs in a little circle and then... Ladies, if you were a Poodle, you'd softly announce, I'll just blow in the border collie's ear and he'll do it. By the time he finishes rewiring the house, my nails will be dry. Now, how many cats does it take to change a light bulb? Cats do not change light bulbs. People change light bulbs. So the real question is, how long will it be before I can expect some light, some dinner, and a massage? All of which proves once again that wild dogs have masters. Cats have staff. And now with everything new and innovative or just downright strange from the world of veterinary medicine, here's Dr. Linda Wolf. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna cure my ill. I got a bad case of love. You see two people across the room at a party. One is staring at you with their arms crossed. The other is smiling, leaning forward slightly, and their arms are loose at their sides. Which one would you feel like approaching for a conversation? You pick the smiling one. Why? Because you know from their body language that the person with the stare and crossed arms might not be the most approachable. Knowing animal body language and actions can really increase your positive interactions with the animal world. Did you know that submissive, anxious, or frightened dogs invariably tuck their tails between their legs? The farther the tail is tucked, the stronger the feelings. A very frightened dog will tuck his tail right under his stomach. But even when the tail is tucked, the tip may very well wag a bit, which displays his stress also. In puppies, a tucked tail shows respectful submission when greeting adult dogs. 
Once the adult accepts a young dog's greeting, the tail will uncoil and start moving more naturally again. And speaking of tails moving naturally, although a wagging tail usually indicates a friendly dog, that's not always the case. Dogs also wag their tails when they are scared, agitated, or unsure. A frightened dog may wag her tail low and between her legs as she decides whether to fight, flee, or go belly up. An aggressive, angry dog may wag her tail high and sharp while she chases or even attacks. Look at what's going on. Is the dog's best buddy just getting off the school bus, or is another dog eating out of her dish? So, knowing animal body language may well make the difference between being licked in the face or being bit in the butt. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Produced by Animal Ark No-Kill Animal Shelter. We are streaming, blogging, and podcasting at AnimalWiseRadio.com, and we're proud to be part of Animal Radio Network. Thanks, Mike. That's all we have time for this week. Remember, there's lots more 24-7 at AnimalRadio.com, or you can get us on your cell phone anytime, anywhere, any provider. Simply text ANIMAL to 27627. And remember, if you get a pet, please spay or neuter. And if it's a cat, never declaw. And if you're looking for a certain breed, don't go to a breeder or to a pet store. Go to a breed rescue or your local shelter. I'm Judy Francis. I'm Hal Abrams. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio. Have a great week. Bye-bye. This is Animal Radio Network.